Hi, and welcome to another edition of My GRCC Story. I'm Dave Murray, and today we have a very special episode with some very special guests. The entire world, of course, has been rocked by the coronavirus and the challenges it has brought. But the educational world in particular has undergone dramatic changes as colleges and K-12 districts across the country figure out how to deliver the vitally important instruction at a time when we really can't have big groups on our campus. Today, we have three experts in distance learning. We have Dr. Sheila Jones, and she's GRCC's Dean of Instructional Support, and she oversees, among other things, the Center for Teaching Excellence. We have Bill Knapp, who is our Executive Director of Distance Learning and Instructional Technology, and we have Noah DeSmit of our media, I'm sorry, Noah. (laughs) That's okay. <laughs> of our media technologies and, department. And by the way, I wouldn't consider myself an expert in distance learning. I just want to clarify. clarify. <laughs> I consider myself a media technologies, perhaps semi-expert, who could support distance learning, but certainly not a distance learning expert by any means. And you guys do an amazing job working with our professors to deliver all kinds of instruction. I imagine that there are, of course, a lot of people who have taken online courses at GRCC and other colleges and high schools and all over places now. There are a lot of people who haven't. And I imagine that when the news came for those folks, that face-to-face delivery of instruction will be reduced or eliminated, and that colleges are going online for the time being or for three weeks or forever we were able to come back together, that that might have been a scary moment for them just because it was new and they've never done it. Can you guys share with us a little bit about what, what does an online course look like? How does it work? And I know there are all different kinds of ways that people do it, but what are, what are some examples that people might be experiencing for the first time now? So I think that one of the things to make uh, clear is that you know, when a student signs up for an online course, there's certain expectation that that course is fully developed online. All of the interaction takes place online. They're going to be... Um, using a set of tools that have been designed for them to complete their their course uh, throughout the semester. And this is a, a bit different for our students because this is all of a sudden shifting from a classroom into a virtual uh, learning space. And so um, we're ramping up in a hurry. And so we've, we've not taken the time to develop a course, which might take as long as a year to develop before we deliver it. Right now, we're just moving online. And so One of the things that we're doing is we're looking at ways that their instructors can deliver that course using synchronous technologies. We're using Zoom, Google Meet, those kinds of tools that permit the faculty member to connect with their students in real time. And for those that lecture in the classroom, they can just continue to lecture. Other faculty that maybe use more of an active learning approach where there's small group breakout, these tools also permit for that. It's a lot different than a fully online course uh, but I but I think that we're going to be able to accommodate much of what the faculty are able to do and what and hopefully similar to what the students uh, are used to. So say a student or a professor would be in his classroom delivering a lecture like he normally would, but without students physically there, but there's a camera and they're all tuning in on their laptops, their phones, their tablets, however way they want to do it. Exactly. Yeah. I think we've spent the past two days, uh, for the entire two days, talking to faculty and supporting them through this transition to do what Bill just said. And and when I asked them, a few of them, when I told them about this podcast, I said, what do you want us to convey to students? They just said, make sure you tell them everything's going to be okay <laughs> and, that, <laughs> and that they can do this. And the I think the... The big message here, too, is that there will be instructions for students and to remind them to check their emails and their faculty will let them know what to do, you know, whether it's through Blackboard, 
through things that they can just view on their phones, for instance, some of what Bill mentioned. And so just to start there and to get those instructions and then to ask questions if they're not sure what to do. And I imagine there are all different types of, of deliveries, but also every subject might be a little different. A math class may be taught one way uh, and then maybe a literature class another way. But I'm thinking there are some courses that may be really kind of challenging to convert. But then I saw a neat Facebook post from one of our really cool departments, and they were working with Noah's team to try to take some labs and put them online. How did that work? Or how, what are examples that you've seen of professors doing cool things? At Media Technologies, we've always offered the opportunity for, for faculty to check out equipment that has to do with supporting uh, instruction online, whether it's cameras or microphones or um, anything they may need to facilitate uh, learning online. We've also offered the opportunity to create instructional aids for online learning or in their traditional classroom as well. Playing a, just a video during their lecture, we've, we've offered the, the chance to do this. Uh, right now, though, it's, it's a bit different because it's sort of an accelerated, suddenly we need all of these things done, right? And so we're taking that opportunity to show a lot of faculty how that's done and what we offer. And that uh, includes those things I mentioned. And what we've seen so far, for example, recorded some medical assistant demos where traditionally these demos would have happened uh, in the classroom, um, demos so that the students can see what exactly they'd be doing for their lab and how they would do their lab. Um, instead of doing it in person, now they have their instructor on camera. Um, looks great, sounds great, everything they need to know the, the instructor is just doing on a video. So then this video uh, can go online and the students can still see how it is that they would accomplish their lab. Uh, we also have a tool in our department called the light board. And uh, it's essentially a whiteboard that's invisible. Do a lecture, a lecture sort of video where you also write on the board and then the camera's automatically flipped so that it's readable on, on camera. Um, very useful if you're wanting to write and also talk. And we've had instructors come in to do that. We've also begun to experiment with, with live streaming, which is something we do already with events across campus that happen. We live stream those events, but as uh, Bill mentioned, they're not necessarily building out proper online courses, right? They're more simulating um, the classroom. And that could involve some type of live streaming, whether that's Zoom or YouTube. So we've begun experimentation uh, research into how that would work exactly and we're, we're trying to get that done for folks as well and by the way all of this isn't in a silo for sure it's in total collaboration with distance learning and it um, technically media technologies is it we're, we're under the auspices of it under that umbrella it is certainly in collaboration with it help and, and distance learning and and hopefully we can help faculty and students sort of get through this sort of st very strange um, rough patch. <laughs> it's a challenge for students and professors and, and staff and communications directors, trust me. So Bill, if you were talking to a student who was doing this for the first time, I know you probably had this come up a lot because you, you oversee so many of these great classes. What advice do you have for them? Uh, my advice would be to ask questions. I think you need to, uh, your first point of contact is your instructor. And uh, your instructor might not be um, perfectly comfortable moving from the classroom into this online environment, but they're working at it. And so you want to touch base with your instructor and, and get as much information about what's expected during this time uh, from them. 
the other thing that we're uh, working toward is trying to make this work in, in any platform. So uh, a lot of this can be done on your phone. So if you know, don't be anxious about not having your own laptop or broadband connection or all of the kinds of things that you might uh, expect that you need in order to be in an online course. Some of the stuff you might be able to do through your uh, your smartphone, and I guess uh, thirdly, I'd say uh, you know if you have any struggles with those technologies, you're going to want to get a hold of a, our help desk because they can work you through uh, how to make that stuff work with your accounts or or your microphones or your cameras or anything else that you need to do, and they're there for you to uh, and they're your main uh, support as far as technology. And there's a link right to the help desk from Every Student's Blackboard? There is, yes. And so there is also some Blackboard uh, tutorials and assistance right in Blackboard as well. So if they're maybe not perfectly comfortable with some of the tools they'll be using, um, they can get they can either look for that themselves or contact, uh, contact IT and get some help there. Students shouldn't think that these are lesser classes, that they will not have interaction with their professor. They will not be able to absorb course material. Imagine you work with professors all the time on how to best do this. Absolutely. All of our classes are really ready for any format. This is, as Noah said, just accelerating some development that we would normally, and Bill said too, take a bit longer to do. But yeah, this is the same content, the same experience. And while, of course, we are in a situation none of us maybe <laughs> thought we would be in at the moment, but we are, you know, for classes that start in January, halfway through the semester. So the students know their faculty members. They probably know their peers pretty well by now, and they already have their their textbooks. So if they already, and that's another thing as far as the advice I would add to as well. Like you've you've been doing this for seven weeks. You know, we've just got another half of the semester left. So I think. Absolutely. This is the same course they've always been in. It's just now they're going to engage with it a bit differently for the next few weeks. And I imagine most professors would still be accessible through email or for, through Blackboard messages or... Absolutely. That's basically how we're all communicating <laughs> with each other right now, too. Right. So definitely. Speaking to all three of you guys, have you ever had a student take one of these classes and say, oh, you know, I don't know about this. I've never taken this before. And then at the end of the experience, say, you know, this this is really effective for me and my schedule. You know, I have a... As someone, we, so many of our students have work and home responsibilities that make it harder for them to have a nine to five schedule or a class schedule that way. And so we at GRCC are looking for many opportunities to provide them different ways to get classes. So is, is this effective for a lot of students maybe with those outside of class responsibilities? I think when we think about online learning, it really is about flexibility and it's flexibility around uh, the students' um, time demands and, and distance demands. It's about you know time and space, really. Um, but under these circumstances, it's important, I think, to remember that we're not the only ones affected. I mean, the workplaces across, across the country that are, many of them are working from home, uh, some uh, K-12 schools, uh, students are not gonna be in those uh, places so those children are going to be at home so I think that um, parenting you know you if you're going to be at home with your your children that's it's going to be important to be able to uh, work from there and to learn from there and so I don't think um, I think it is important that we recognize this as a flexible opportunity um, both for the students and for uh, faculty it could end up being one of those moments that changes education you know down the line for for years to come as more people become aware of these different delivery methods and their advantages. We all learn to wash our hands a lot, too. <laughs> <laughs>
the one thing I think has been happening is, you know, just some of us learning some of the tools that we haven't had a chance to get to know yet. Um, I was working with faculty on Google Meet recently, and we're like, oh, wow, like we, we figured this out in, you know, just a few minutes. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I think we're all learning some things and that, you know, we will use in the future. And I would just say, as someone who also adjuncts at the college um, and someone who myself has put a lot of materials online for my course, when I've had a student, a student who needs an accommodation, it's really helpful to have that material already online, already super accessible, and have that flexibility that you spoke of. Um, really, I didn't have to do much when I um, encountered a student who required an accommodation. And I think that's maybe a big benefit that uh, perhaps some structures haven't considered as they move some of these things online um, and perhaps maybe are unfortunately forced to and at not the best timing of course but they may, may they may come to realize too that as they get some students who require accommodations accommodating that student is so much easier once those materials are online of course the reason we're in the spot today is, is very serious um, grcc cares so much about the safety and wellness of our students we want them to be safe and our, our staff and our faculty of course we want everyone to be safe. We want everyone to realize that we're doing this out of abundant caution because it is so serious and we do want to keep our, our people safe and well. If you have more questions about coronavirus or about any of the things that are happening here on campus, you can go to our website and that's grcc.edu backslash coronavirus. We are updating that frequently with not just information about things going on on our campus, but also links to county health departments and, and state authorities and, and federal authorities. It's a good place for you to go get some answers. Thank you very much to our guests for joining us today. We hope this is helpful for everyone. And if they have questions uh, further, reach out to your instructors, reach out to their Grand Rapids Community College website. The distance learning page has a lot of neat resources on it, and I'm sure there are others out there too. Thank you very, very much, guys. My GRCC Story is produced by GRCC IT Media Technologies Department, hosted by Dave Murray and Evan Macklin. Check out grcc.edu to learn more. <laughs>